0: My daughter has just literally been teaching me lesson after lesson and and most importantly i'm just so grateful that i have a mentor in my life who is 17 years older than me has a 22 year old daughter and he's had to go through a lot of the same things that i've had to and he's been able to kind of help me process the lesson and understand what i need to do differently in order to have a better relationship with my daughter.
1: I'm Maria Sansone, and welcome to another edition of Mom to Mom. You guys, I am so excited for today's episode because we have our first dad on the show. And he's not just any dad. He is a super dad as far as I'm concerned. J.R. Martinez is here. J.R. is a motivational speaker, an actor, an army vet, burn survivor, and you may also recognize him as a Dancing with the Stars champion. But most importantly for us, he's a husband and a father with another one on the way. J.R.'s story of resilience and rebirth is just so inspiring. He travels the world to encourage people, to embrace change and welcome growth. And he was so vulnerable with us, opening up about his path to fatherhood, miscarriage even, and then we commiserate, of course, about how difficult this whole parenting gig can be. So here's my conversation with J.R. Martinez.
0: Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited about this conversation because it's one of those phases of my life that I haven't really spent a lot of time unpacking until most recent um, from a, my element of being a husband, to being a father to being being a father again here pretty soon. And so thank you for the opportunity. I'm really excited to be here. I know what
1: an absolute joy you are to talk to. And as I said earlier today, when people are done watching this, they'll be better for it. Like this will not waste your time guys. We're gonna have a really good time today. So you mentioned, We know you're a dad, you have a nine-year-old daughter, but you have a baby on the way, like soon. Tell us about this.
0: We are expecting just that in itself has been something I have had to learn how to say, to say we are. I, I think when my daughter was, when my wife was pregnant with our daughter, who's now nine. I would always say she's pregnant, she's pregnant, right? And 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 it really is this element of like, yes, we are pregnant. And I just always believe, well, she's the one carrying the baby. She's the one, you know, that wasn't feeling well this morning, honestly, yeah. was laying down on the couch and just needed a second. And I, I'm not, like, I'm still able to hop on and have this great conversation with you. She's the one going through everything. But for me to get to that place, just to psychologically say, Oh, yeah, we are going through it. It's not the same, but we are going through something because my role has evolved. My role has changed. I'm not just a traditional guy that's supposed to get out there and and make money and provide for my family and take care of my family. No, like I have to be compassionate. I have to be supportive. I have to be encouraging. I have to show up and actually listen. And that is something that in many ways, it's outside of a lot of that. It's outside of my control. But we're excited. We're actually, Maria, I'm curious to know if anybody that is watching or you yourself, Maria, with your children, if you guys have done this. So my wife came to me. She said, so we're going to do a gender reveal, right? And I was like, okay. And she was like, so, you know, what do you think? And I was like, well, why don't we do a gender reveal like the old days? And she was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, birth. did. So, we're doing a surprise. So, you guys have done it as well. So, tell us about it. Cause my wife was like, you know what? If that's something that you really want to do, we'll do it. And this, and I applaud her so much because she has the results in her app on her phone and oh. she has not once take, taken a peek. And I know she hasn't. Because she's not a good like liar, like even when it comes to, like birthdays and okay, holidays. so she doesn't know. So she has no idea. So yeah. I'm curious to hear about your experience, how it was.
1: I personally love a surprise. I love a surprise <laughs> party. I love a surprise present. You know, whatever it may be. I like good surprises. So I'm old fashioned also, and so I just figured, well, wait, what's the big deal? What are you going to do? Paint a room. You know, get some extra clothes. Who cares? You could get oh, that goodness. when the baby comes. So with my daughter, my firstborn is a as a girl, and it was a total surprise. And then when I was pregnant with my son, we made it the entire nine months. And I'm in the delivery room, and it was a long night, and I was in labor, and my husband was like half asleep, and it was getting time to like push and do all that stuff. And the nurse came in with a baby boy blue card and everything. And he saw it and he's like, we made it nine months. We had like 15 more minutes to go. So smart man, he didn't tell me that would have been kind of a buzzkill, Right? (laughs) I
0: love that. I love that. He kept that. I I love that. Now that's, you know, and and for us to be honest, one of the reasons why I, I feel like I really wanted to do this is one, it's one of the very few things that you feel like, you you know, you can't be surprised with anymore. You know, I feel like everything comes to you so easily. But also, too, our journey to get here was very difficult. Um, You know, it's something that, again, speaking of the we uh, language, you know, two years ago, we had a miscarriage, right? That, That still sounds odd when I say that because my mindset goes to this place my wife was the one that was having the miscarriage my wife was you know my wife went through that and there was nothing that I can do but when you think about it I there was a lot that I had to do is I had to be supportive I had to yeah. literally just hold her and and I'm such a solution guy if there's a problem tell me here's a solution let's move on right that's the way that I operate and I had to learn and I'm still learning till this day that that's not always the way that I need she needs me to show up. And so for me, just to say we had a miscarriage, um, you know, it was something that was really tough for us. And it literally took us a couple of years to get to this position. And we finally had to go down the route of infertility of, okay, w- w- what is going on? Right. Because of course you start asking yourself the question sh- as she did, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my body? And then I start kind of asking myself the question, well, is it me now? Now there's the whole psychological part of being a man. And this is something that we're just kind of, you know, we're born with. And then it's also like nurtured in society, which is kind of unfortunate. Where it's like as a man, you're like, I'm supposed to be able to do this, right? Like I'm supposed to be able to show up and actually help get my wife pregnant. So is it me now? Am I not a man now? I have to go get help now. How does this right? There's there was a there was a lot of new things for me to 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 process and to understand um, which was a challenge. And then of course, you know, luckily on the second round, she got, she gets pregnant and, but then her levels are low. Then she has to take progesterone and she's on high amounts of progesterone. So as you can imagine for those moms out there or those dads even listening right now that can remember those, those times, you know, she was, was really out of it for the first couple of months. Her energy level was incredibly low. And again, my role had to change, right? Because here I was, literally as you know maria this is our world now right we're virtual i'm doing keynotes i was i'm back in school full time i'm doing a podcast there was so much that i was doing but in between i had to figure out okay well i got to help figure out what we're having for breakfast lunch and dinner maybe i got to maybe do some laundry in between all of this there was a lot that my identity my role changed now i'm not saying for the moms out there i'm not saying that it was more difficult for me than for her i'm just saying that I think this is why we wanted to have this conversation, right, Maria? Just to be able to, you know, for men out there to say, yeah, oh, I guess, okay. Yeah, okay. I guess I should feel valid that this was a little bit of a challenge for me. And I'm, I'm we should validate everybody's feelings and everybody's experience in this process. So we are over the moon. We're just happy to have a healthy baby. We don't care what it is. At this point, we're just like, just give us that little thing, put it in our arms and let it cry and let it throw up on us and let it <laughs> blow out a diaper and let it do all of the things <laughs> that babies do. Um And let's, we'll welcome it with open arms because we just feel so blessed right now.
1: Well, I think what you're doing is really important. I don't hear a lot of dads talking like this. And I think this concept of we you could really run with. Um even in your birth announcement on your Instagram you mentioned the infertility and it's just so important to take the stigma off of infertility and miscarriage. And it's hard enough, I know, from experience for women to even talk about it. So to hear it coming from a dad, I think, is really
0: powerful. Through this whole process, my wife spent a lot more time, you know, looking at different social media platforms, different accounts, different people she's followed that that have finally gotten pregnant and have been able to have their baby. But then they finally say, well, we lost, and well, what we started to discover was, at least my wife felt, there wasn't a lot of dialogue around this. Even women having that conversation, feeling comfortable, and I, and we understand it, right? We understand this, that emotionally and mentally, it can be a lot for a woman to just really talk about that because you know there's a loss there still at the end of the day, despite at what phase it happens, there is a loss there. But for us, it was a matter of really understanding. Once we started to talk about it with our family and our friends, all of a sudden, you started hearing a lot of people say, yeah, we had that experience. And we're like, why is nobody talking about this? There are people, but it's not as much. And so for us, when we made that announcement, we really wanted to honor and applaud everybody that is reading that, that is going through their own journey. We understood that that post of us announcing that we're pregnant, that we're expecting, would also trigger some some families, some some couples, right? That are, that are having a hard time, that are probably on their 17th round of IUI, or maybe going to IVF. Like there's so many things that could trigger somebody. So we wanted to honor them and give them hope and say, hey, listen, we at one point felt like, is this not gonna happen? Is this not on the cards for us? And it was interesting, my wife- pointed out something, Maria. We also had a different experience where we already had a kid. Typically, not always, but typically what we encountered was people were still trying to get their first. So imagine how much more that weighs on them.
1: I was exactly where you were and everything you're saying is you are hitting the nail on the head. I had three miscarriages before my first and our Benny. Um, So I was in a similar situation where you are, where we had one, so you know what it looks like at the other side. And we just like couldn't get there, couldn't get there. And you just see everyone walking around pregnant and you're like, you make it look so easy. How did this happen? And when you're going through it, it truly is a we. So I love that you're doing this for dads. I love that we're kind of like just making people feel better about it, that they're not alone. Okay, so let's talk about how your new baby is joining older sister, Lauren. She is such a doll. She uh, just celebrated her ninth birthday. She did. So when you look back, At this nine years, what do you think has been the most surprising thing about fatherhood?
0: I would honestly have to say, right, when you go into it, you think, okay, my responsibility is to teach and to guide this child, um, to give them all of the tools that they need to be able to be successful and have a comfortable life. I think my daughter has taught me so much more than I've taught her. And that's saying a lot coming from somebody who obviously has had a life adversity thrown at him and has overcome a lot. My daughter taught me something very different. And she taught me one, how to be really vulnerable. She taught me that it's okay to apologize, that it's important for me to apologize and acknowledge that daddy's not always perfect. Daddy is never perfect. And daddy makes mistakes. Daddy sometimes raises his voice. Sometimes daddy allows the pressures of his work life and maybe something else that may trigger him to unfortunately kind of bleed into my relationship with her. She also allowed me to understand that there were a lot of things that I hadn't paid attention to emotionally and mentally that I needed to address. And um, I, and, and so for that, I am in forever grateful to my daughter because not only has she taught me, but I know she will continue to teach me. I mean, she now, I can tell you, Maria, she's almost like a little motivational speaker in the making where she has these moments where she'll come to my wife and I, and she'll kind of just give us these motivational speeches If we're both venting about something, not about each other, but just something else. And she gives us, you know, this perspective and this insight that is so pure and genuine. And so for me, you know, my childhood, I love my mother to death. My mother did so much, but she had very limited resources. And my mother just kind of brought into this relationship what, what she was taught and what she was shown, which wasn't always the healthiest thing. I remember my mother telling me one time, she's like, parents should never apologize to their children. And I remember scratching my head like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, because when you apologize, you lose power, like you lose control. And I was like, that makes no sense to me as a young boy. And so now as a parent, I'm constantly apologizing to my daughter. It doesn't always come quick enough, of course. It takes a second sometimes for me to acknowledge. Sometimes it takes my wife, hey. Hey you probably should really think about, you know, how you reacted. You probably overreacted. You got a little excited about whatever happened because there are certain things that trigger me. For example, my daughter, you know, kids do what kids do, right? They waste food sometimes, but because of the way I grew up where we didn't always have a lot of it. And because I've been around other communities and cultures in different parts of the world, the United States and the world, and I see how food insecurity is actually a real thing. I'm very sensitive when my daughter's like i want this and then it takes one bite and then all of a sudden it's like i'm done and i'm like what do you mean you're done right i give the whole speech I'm like you know how many kids right and you do the whole thing but my daughter has just literally been teaching me lesson after lesson and and most importantly i'm just so grateful that i have a mentor in my life who is 17 years older than me has a 22 year old daughter and he's had to go through a lot of the same things that i've had to And he's been able to kind of help me process the lesson and understand what I need to do differently in order to have a better relationship with my daughter.
1: Well, one of the things you talk about too is evolving as a parent. A lot of times we mimic what our parents did, but as we get older, we realize they weren't exactly doing it maybe the way we would do it. So evolving is so important and growing with the child.
0: It really is. You know, one of the things my mother you know, my mother has dealt with a lot of trauma and a lot of adversity in her life. Actually, let me rephrase that. My mother has faced, um, because when you say dealt with, that implies they've actually You know, have have taken some time to really dive in and understand the effects of all of those experiences that she's had. And unfortunately, my mother's never dealt with it; has never seeked out professional help. My mother's lost a child. My mother almost lost me. My mother dealt with a lot of abuse. My mother dealt with, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse. I mean, it's there. She's dealt with a lot of loss. And as I got became an adult, I started to realize that my mother, what she really implemented in me, she used guilt. And she is a way to kind of control because she was afraid of losing the only constant thing in her life, which was me. And so she guilted me. And I can tell you, and I'll be completely open and vulnerable with all your audience, because I think that's the only way to really have real impact. So my wife and I, we are in this position where we're married and we're happy, we're expecting another baby, we're growing our family, we're talking about maybe another kid after this, we'll see. But we were separated. So there was a period where our relationship was incredibly stressed. What I learned is during that breakup, because I went to therapy and I had to work on myself, I remember that one day my daughter was with me and it was a weekend. And it was the first night she was with me. She was probably like four years old. I was giving her a a bath and getting her ready for bedtime. And she got emotional. She said she missed mommy. And she just came to me that day. And I just said to her, I was like, well, don't you miss daddy? You're only here for a couple of days. You're going to see mommy pretty soon. And her crying and talking about, no, I do miss you. Dad, I do love you, but I miss mommy. And I said to her, well, don't you love me? Maria, I can tell you that even when I think about it, it chokes me up because I remember putting her down to bed. I called my best friend and I was like, I just did the same thing that my mother did to me as a child. She used guilt. She, she, I was literally guilting my daughter. Like, "What? you don't miss me instead of validating. I understand she's four. Of course, she's going to miss mommy. Of course, she's going to miss whomever. Right. Even though they just saw them. And that was one of the early lessons for me that was like, oh, I got to figure out how to change that. And I got to, I got to, I got to identify why that bothers me so much because it's the trigger can come from anywhere. It, It just happened to be from my daughter. The trigger can be from a colleague. The trigger could be from somebody on the street. It just happened to come from my daughter's mouth, which probably was a blessing because it allowed me to receive it and pay attention to it differently had it been some stranger. Yeah. But still, I had to be able to identify that and realize that it allowed me to have a little bit more compassion for my mother as well. Damn. You
1: gotta have compassion for yourself too. Yeah. because the reason you responded that way is because newsflash you're human and if you're like me when it comes to this parenting thing i don't cut myself a lot of slack yeah i want to be a plus 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 every day and yeah. it's not possible so every night i go to bed and i think okay give myself a little scorecard and where i don't <laughs> seem to measure up i say guess what we'll try it again tomorrow yeah. But you took that lesson and you also, when, when growing up, you heard that all the time. We repeat some of the things that we heard growing up from our parents. You're not going to eat that. There are kids starving in China. What, that doesn't even, what is that? Kids, they wow. would say that or, I walked, I had to walk to school uphill. I mean, you just yep. end up repeating yourself. You're like, this doesn't even make any sense.
0: <laughs> um It's so true. It's so true. I have fallen into that trap. And what's great is that even in this last year, what has been challenging for my wife and I is especially, you know, with with work and being home, right? Like I'm accustomed to never being home. Um, That's our norm. And then this last year, I've been home. And I've caught myself and my wife has caught herself as well, which I applauded her for recently when she shared with me that something else that was, you know, the pressures of work and being home and trying to get this done. And yeah. maybe maybe the computer isn't working properly or the mic isn't working properly. Well, before you know it, you're annoyed, you're triggered, you're irritated. Anything else that happens beyond that moment, unless you pull yourself back, is just going to amplify and it's not going to be a great exchange, right? Yeah. And I, how many times if I had to catch myself and pull myself back or come to my wife or my daughter and apologize, I'm like, sorry. It's not you, it's this other thing. And that's so important for us to be able to be in that place where we're so secure with ourselves and secure in our relationship. Well, we can say, it's safe enough for me to apologize and you're not gonna throw it in my face or use it against me.
1: Yeah, well, we're working hard every single day. We're a work in progress, just like we're trying to make our kids you know, better every single day, that's where we are too. So having said all of that, This is not to put pressure on yourself, but what is the legacy that you want to leave for your kids as a dad?
0: Oh, that's a great question. I think the biggest thing I just want my daughter to understand that, you know, especially as a woman, a woman in this in this country, in this world, that she has a voice that her voice does matter. I want her to be compassionate. I want her to be able to be empathetic. I want her to be able to. Uh, be able to to acknowledge when she makes a mistake i want her i really want her to learn to listen that's something all of us have to do right so many of us are conditioned to learn listen to respond versus learn to really listen and understand what somebody is saying why they are saying it and so for me i think the legacy is really deeply embedded on her just becoming this hopefully a well-rounded person that can impact society and influence them but most importantly her understand her own worth what her own value is and the impact that she can have on her family Family one day or whoever isn't going to be, whoever's going to be in her circle.
1: I love that. Thank you so much for being so, so vulnerable. I mean, we've hit a lot of different areas that are really tough for people to talk about. And I know that's one of the thing that things that you're really advocating for right now is the sense of community for dads to be more open and honest and vulnerable when it comes to some of this stuff that sort of was left to the women.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, listen, I was raised by a woman, you know, I've, I've, uh, I understand the importance of women, but I also understand the role that men play and how men also should be in touch and in tune with their feelings, their emotions. And it's okay as someone who is a veteran and has had to not only physically heal. I mean, I can tell you that the physical part of my healing, my recovery was a lot easier than the mental and emotional part of my recovery. But it was something that was incredibly necessary for me to be able to be where I am today, to receive the blessings as they are. So I just encourage all men out there, you know, listen, sometimes you're not the problem solver. You're just going to need to be the person that's just going to listen and allow somebody to vent. Your partners are more than capable of solving the problem on their own. They just need a sounding board. And all you have to do is just literally show up, be there, embrace them, listen, nod your head a couple times. I get it. Just be present, man.
1: Smart man. Always full of great nuggets. So before I let you go, I want to let everyone know where they can find you.
0: Well, I think uh, the probably most, the simplest way to kind of go about this is on Instagram at I am JR Martinez. If you want to learn a little bit more, you can go to my website, which is JRMartinez.com. My name of my, my podcast is Rebirth. And I think that really speaks to what all of us go through in life. For me, the day that I was injured, I referred to it as my rebirth, not my alive day because I believe parts of me died and parts of me were born on that day. And I believe that all of us experience that over the course of our lives, we have opportunities where other phases and chapters of our lives are done, they're over, and we have to evolve and we have to be open to actually having a rebirth to evolve and become this new person. So all of us are experiencing rebirths every single day. And I have the luxury, just like you, Maria, to, to talk to incredible people that are just great examples, whether they're people in the community or people that we may recognize. Um, so it's just, it's, it's. I'm blessed to have this opportunity. Uh, Maria, I want to thank you for sharing your platform with me.
1: Thank you so much. Love Don't see you. Don't be a all. stranger.